Hello everyone, Joshua Gilliland, live from Disneyland, or live and recorded at Disneyland, <laughs> with Thomas Harper, recently off of active duty, with his JAG officer wife, now off active duty as well, on a tour of Disneyland in Southern California. This is a very different tour of duty. This is, if, if I had been given the choice between this tour of duty and what I actually did, I think I, Uncle Sam gave me the raw end of the stick. Here. It's I'm very upset. You know, you, you could have had you know uh, specific, environmental specific clothing here as well. It's lots of options. We are sitting next to the Matterhorn. Uh, a monorail just went by, and we just went on Star Tours and had celebratory churros. This is the highest quality production value podcast episode that you've ever heard. Ever. <laughs> Because we are here to talk about the common carrier issues in Star Tours. Now, the Star Tours ride we were just on uh, began with Kylo Ren in the First Order, escaped down to Jakku, from there to Crate, and then to what I presume will be the planet in Galaxy's End. Yep, that too. Tons of fun, but let's talk about the issues of you have Star Tours, which carries passengers for hire. What are the duties of care that that you remember about common carriers? Well, I mean, you know, Star Tours is a, uh, I feel like as a passenger going in there, you're riding on a, a tour company, right? So this is like a tour bus that you could pick up just anywhere, except I don't think Greyhound goes to light speed. No, <laughs> not no, not no, any that I've been on. And we don't have high-speed rail here, at least not yet, at least not till the, what, the 2050s. But, uh... uh California law, Cal uh, Civ Code 2100, defines that a common carrier is a uh, carrier of persons for reward, must use the utmost care and diligence for their safe carriage, must provide everything necessary for that purpose, and must exercise to that end a reasonable degree of skill. So we take off with C-3PO, who <laughs> is not programmed as a pilot, and they end up in a battle. What issues do you see? As a, as a paying imperial citizen customer, I, I'm very upset and I would be immediately going to my closest galactic courthouse to file a lawsuit against Star Tours. So I think you know, what jumps out at me is C-3PO is, is not qualified or programmed in any way to operate uh, the, the Star Speeder 1000, nor is he qualified to, to conduct and I think uh, maintain the level of care that, that Star Tours as a company owes its passengers. But you have R2 as the astromech who was apparently the one calling the shots, pulling the trigger, and jumping them to light speed. So there's an argument that maybe R2 is, is able to meet that obligation. He might be, but he's, his programming, I think, is clearly a little dysfunctional there in, in terms of the destinations that we're taken to. He, I think what jumps out to me is... Before we ever went to, you know, a war zone or a, a desert planet on this uh, this tour, he knows that there's a rebel spy aboard, and yet, despite, you know, tax-paying imperial citizens like me that just want to abide up by all the rules, he decides to take us on a little frolic and detour and get us wrapped up in something a little bigger. <clears throat> Granted, you generally don't see passenger ships getting into espionage issues <laughs> that arguably does violate their duty 
Yeah. Uh, my, and, you know, interestingly enough, coincidentally, my wife and I took uh, on the first leg of our trip an Amtrak out here. Mm. And I, I think, I don't know, because the issue didn't come up on uh, the Southwestern yeah. Chief from Chicago, but had a spy revealed themselves on, on board that Amtrak train, I think those... You know, lovely stewards would have escorted them off the the train and made them, you know, maybe take a bus or, or go over to Hertz rental car. I don't think they would have endangered the rest of the passengers. Yeah, but there are times when you want people to, to step up. I mean, we you know, there's a movie coming out about the uh, the servicemen who were on holiday in uh, Europe that stopped a terrorist attack from taking place. You you bring up an interesting point though, because you I, you know we don't know how it would play out on Star Tours, but, you know, we get confronted by a bunch of stormtroopers and, and Kylo Ren, no less, who's put a force hold on the, the ship. I, you know, arguably, I guess, R2 could have saved all the passengers there. I don't know. Yeah, because, you know, granted, most ferries are armed. At least yeah. Not in, not since maybe World War II. Yeah. Uh, because that just, we don't do that. Right, and I shudder to think, you know, that C-3PO, the same same droid that, uh, you know, a few movies ago in Empire Strikes Back was discussing terms of surrender with, with Han and Leia, I shudder to think what he would have done. I don't think he would have reached for the blaster cannons to get us free and at least have a shot at surviving. He, he, C-3PO is an interesting character because on one level, we, there is a lot of whining. It makes <laughs> sense he was built by Anakin because of... <laughs> the whining factor. On the flip side, he you know he does get some backbone by the end of Revenge of the Sith, and then they go wipe his memory. Which, <laughs> right? Uh, but after what thirty five years of continuously running in operations, you think he has a little more spunk to him. Yeah, and I, you know I think I, I will say this for three PO on on our Star Tours adventure here. In both instances, both in, in Jakku and Crate, when uh, we were also in danger, uh, and I was very scared for my life here, he got us out of there. R2 uh, got us to the planet, but C-3PO was the one that punched it and got us to light speed, uh, and ultimately got us to light speed into the safety of Batuu, the, the planet that's going to be the center of Star Wars land. And I think that does comply with the duties of a common carrier. That was one... Uh California case states, and that's Rogers v. Los Angeles Transit Line from 1955, that the duty of care owed by two, two passengers by a common carrier includes the use of utmost care and diligence for his safe carriage. That sounds like, you know, getting out the blasters to, to take out some stormtroopers. That does sound like a lot of diligence. Yeah, I think for the, let me let me put it to you this way. For the situation that we found ourselves in. Forget that R2 and C-3PO got us into that situation in the first place. Or the random... I think it, it must have been a dad. He looked very much like a dad, the guy that got identified as the rebel spy. Take, take those three, the circumstances out of the equation. For the situation that we were in, what's your opinion on, on how they handled the, you know, the, the dangerous scenario? I think they met their ethical duties. I mean, they apparently if the ship had to be armed... That meant that they knew danger was a risk, you know, was was right. present. That it would have been negligent if they hadn't armed the ship. Yeah, yeah. And, and as passengers, that should probably be in a ticket. That hey, we might get into a gunfight. Yeah. And it would be like crossing the Atlantic in World War Two. Yeah. Knowing that there are U-boats out there and freaking out, it's like how dare this luxury liner have 
anti-aircraft weapons. It's like, well, we might need them, and you're going to be grateful if, if we have those handy. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think, you know, I, I, I go back to the crate scene, and, and for those of you that, that haven't rid, ridden Star Tours since The Last Jedi come, came out, they've now integrated some stuff from the, I guess, The Last Jedi Force Awakens into it. Um, you actually can go to crate now, and you're dropped right in the middle of the Battle of Crate. Uh, with ski speeders going and uh, all the, the First Order forces marching on the, the old rebel base there. And I will say, you know, R2 and did what he needed to do to, to safely navigate us through that battle. At one point, General Hux makes a cameo and, and orders us all executed. And I was I was shaking in my boots literally there uh, at that point. And, but, you know, what does R2 do? He navigates us, flies us through the legs of some walkers very adeptly, and then opens up the cannons gets us an opening, blows up one of the walkers, and, and then we're out of there. Well, that's because R2 is probably the most important character in Star Wars. This is true. Now, now I did think he was kind of sidelined throughout most of The Last Jedi, because there are a bunch of characters. Yeah. And, and BB-8 did kind of act like a superhero, but, you know, they're <laughs> he, quite a resourceful little guy. Yeah. I've uh, never seen R2 operating an ATST. I'll put it that way. Yeah, it's... Uh, I have Chewie and two uh, Ewoks could do it. <laughs> you know, well-programmed Joy that's kind of spunky can do it as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's definitely, definitely something to think about. They, I'm a big R2 fan, yeah. and I, I can imagine that younger generation, you know, people younger than us, are, you know, probably gravitate towards BB-8. Right. Uh, just because if you're seven and you see BB-8 rolling through Jakku. You might kind of bond with that little gap. Yeah, yeah. Versus those of us who grew up the original series, you know, you bond towards the Astromax. Yeah, yeah. And I will say, you know, going back to the the issue of looking out for the safety of the passengers, in the other Star Tours rides that I've done, you always ended at a Rebel base of some type. Here you end at, at Batu, And I think arguably... That's a little safer destination for, for the entire crew. Yeah, but IG-88's there. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't notice that the first time, but it's like IG-88's there with a, with a was it Litholian? The, the oh, I didn't head. see that. Yeah, I was like, huh, are those two bounty hunters just hanging out? Because that's a that's kind of a, a red flag. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I guess my, my thought process, I did not see those two. That makes me want to go ride this, ride it again as soon as we get done with this. But um, <laughs> that might redo my thought process. But I'm thinking, you know, I've just gotten out of a war zone. If you can get me to, like, a, arguably a neutral starport so I can go find another common carrier that's less likely to take me into a war zone, that might be a little safer than landing on a rebel ship that could easily be a target. You never know when the Empire's hammer is going to fall. No, but speaking of the hammer to fall, specifically on our wallets, what do you think of the gift shop? <laughs> that was the that was the part they least took care of us on. They, they took <laughs> no care in ensuring that me as a Star Wars fan would be shielded from lots of toys and stuff to buy. They, they dump you right out, right into the middle of it, which is absolutely despicable. Because you look at me like, I could use that coffee mug. I would look good in that t-shirt. Look, There's, a hat. Yeah. <laughs> and the problem is, as a, as a kid, you, you know, you don't have an option. You just throw a temper tantrum, and maybe you get something, maybe you don't. As an adult, you throw the temper tantrum, and then you realize you've got a wallet in your pocket, 
and then you walk out throwing another temper tantrum about how you caved in yet again and bought the Star Wars stuff. Because I don't have a problem. <laughs> I needed that solo t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Well, and unfortunately, when you, you know your wife is an enabler like mine is, you know, there's that. I'll have the the occasional moment where I hold back. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't I don't know if I I need this book. And then you get the oh, just you know, you should get it. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Uh, would you like to defend yourself? <laughs> no, that's completely accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so does Pusher Man start playing when you go shopping? <laughs> no, it's just a sad, small violin as I have no self-control whatsoever. I need that Ewok backpack. <laughs> It's a Porg necklace and a slap bracelet, and it comes in the same pack. You have to have it. I will wear this slap bracelet every day, including into court. Look at these ray earrings. I need these. Yeah, I just... I see how this ends. Your ears aren't even pierced, but they could be. <laughs> Day's not over yet. <laughs> Anything can happen at Disneyland. Oi, oi. Well, with that, let's go back on some rides. So everyone... Thanks for tuning into a recorded live by the Matterhorn podcast. And everyone, stay geeky. Stay geeky, America.